1: we are almost there stars fans welcome to another edition of offseason spits and suds and pretty soon we won't have to say offseason i'm gavin spittle of 105.3 the fan and a huge thank you to all of you who have stuck with us and listened to these offseason podcasts believe we're the one of the only people doing stars offseason podcasts and it's because you guys requested it and we truly appreciate it joined as i always am by our stars insider and he's also an NHL insider EP rinkside. Shap shot. You gotta follow him on Twitter at Sean Shapiro. Got a book out called We Win Here. Sean, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. I uh,
0: I get to make the the pretty drive up to Traverse City tomorrow. I get to go watch a real uh get to get to watch a hockey game tomorrow between uh the Stars prospects and the Red Wings prospects tomorrow afternoon or sorry, uh, early early evening, late afternoon. And we'll, uh, it, it's fun. It's, uh, I've said it, it may sound like a broken record on this, but it's for me, the Traverse City tournaments always kind of, the start of hockey season and gets everything going. So it's it's an exciting time around here.
1: I I always like having you as a partner because when it comes to the Stanley Cup or when it comes to tournaments like this, that stars fans want to know, I say we will be carrying and we will be covering this tournament. When in actuality, it's Sean that's covering it and I'm kind of back here, but at the same time, I'll take full credit. Thank you, Sean. Always, always,
0: always, there. You're always there in,
2: in thought, though. Oh, <laughs> I know, I, I know. And we were just talking about, I mean, what a great
1: time of year to be at Traverse City. That, I oh, mean, yeah. RJ Choppy, uh, we have a deal with um, Gaylord, uh, Gaylord, Michigan, which has amazing golf courses, and uh, we do a trip up there every single year um, to, to Gaylord. RJ goes up there, and he just cannot stop talking about how gorgeous it is in Michigan that time of year.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good time of year. It's a really good time of
1: year. So. All right, exciting. so Stars fans, we'll get into this because we want to talk about some of the top prospects and who Sean is going to look for in this Traverse City um, tournament coming up and who's going to shine. And we've seen some current stars shine in the past, so we'll also reference that, and Sean will tell you what he's looking for. So I'm excited to hear that. You guys also responded big time with our mailbag uh, so we're going to have uh, a lot of questions that we're going to answer on the back end of this podcast. So it's going to be a busy podcast today, and we love it. But we did want to touch on the news of the day, and the news of the day comes out of Columbus, where a bit of a controversy was stirred, and I always like to give reference. So what I want to do is play the cut, and it comes from Spitting Chicklets. If you are not aware of Spitting Chicklets, they are probably the hockey podcast as far as its two former players. Uh, Mr. Whitney and Mr. Bissonnette, along with, you know, others, and it's through Barstool Sports, and they have a lot of former players on, just for reference, and they were talking about Mike Babcock, and he came up in conversation, and here's what they had to say.
2: This is outrageous, (laughs) dude. I get a text from a a player. He goes, have you heard what Babcock is up to again? And I'm like, no, so he gets to Columbus, and one of the first things he does is he calls in Boone Jenner, the captain of the f- team, and he says, "Let me see the photos in your phone. I want to know the type of person you are." What the f- is going on? Is that is that even legal? I, I, that, I, it feels like it's totally I illegal. Get him on the podcast to grill him about his antics as a head coach. Like, worry about the f- forecheck. <laughs> worry about your. Your, your personnel, worry about getting the power play humming at an alarming rate so you might have a chicken dick's chance of sneaking in a wild card spot. Why do you want to see throbbing dick pics <laughs> from your captain on his iPhone? I don't understand this. By the way, if I was going into one of these meetings having heard all these stories prior, I'm putting on, like, rocky quotes on my photos. Oh, yeah. I'm putting on, like, my workout routine. Oh, yeah, you know what I would put on my phone? I'd be... F- standing here in this chair with my bin staring him right in the eye with me holding my legs like this. What's wrong with this guy? Now, I hope this story is true because then we look like real big idiots. But I think that Mike Babcock should come on this podcast and clear the air as to why he wants to see pierce nipples from Instagram thoughts in his players' phones. So, Sean, the Columbus Blue Jackets (laughs) immediately responded.
1: (laughs) And Mike Babcock said the following. While meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that. The way this was portrayed on the Spitting Chicklets podcast was a gross misrepresentation of those meetings and extremely offensive. These meetings have been very important and beneficial, not only for me, but for our players and staff as well. And to have them depicted like this is irresponsible and completely inaccurate. Boone Jenner, the captain. Uh, of the Blue Jackets responded while meeting with Babs. He asked me about my family and where I'm from, my upcoming wedding, and hockey-related stuff. He then asked if I had pictures of my family, and I was happy to share some with him. He showed me pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and a good way for us to start to build a relationship. To have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing. I mean, it's, you want, yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Sean. So, it's just do, a, it's a tough it's I, a I, tough I, thing. I,
0: I, and, and we should be clear on this. Uh, since this has happened, Paul Bissonette, who the voice you heard on that clip, who, the, is the who was one of the hosts of Spit and Chiclets, and is also uh you've probably seen his work on TNT, he's on the panel for Turner, uh, has on Twitter doubled down yes. and said that and defended that he's had that that it's well sourced. He's shown a screen grab screen grab basically from a allegedly from a player that used to play for Babcock that uh, that he's getting guys to do this on their screen. Now it should be, should be clarified here on this show that that text that bissonette showed clearly comes from a player not currently on Columbus. So that's also an interesting you know, wrinkle in the evidence that has been put out there. Um, Do you want to talk about the Babcock part or the media part of this first? Because to me, there's two fascinating elements of this, Gavin. Which one do you want to talk about first here?
1: I I agree. I agree. Let's let's start with Babcock because, obviously, he's the headline. And for reference, Mike Babcock was the former coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And after his departure, a lot was said about his coaching style, how he treated players.
0: Yeah. So, Babcock there's a couple of famous then the most famous one for stars fans will be one of the reasons that mike madonna famously played 1499 career games was because mike babcock healthy scratched him late in that late season in detroit um that's why mike madonna did not get 1500 career games um Madonna has said this himself. Madonna hasn't really grinded an axe about it. Um, he's let others do it for him. Um, to, to tell you a little bit more about Mike Madano as someone who has covered Mike, uh, well, not covered him in person during his career, but has covered him since. He wrote the foreword for my, my other book, um, the first book I wrote. Um, Mike is not a person who likes to get in public arguments on things. He's someone who we'll occasionally, we'll occasionally see it happen on Twitter, but in general, he tries not to get overly into things. So it doesn't surprise me that he's never gone fully in on what his true emotions were about not getting to 1,500 games. And then um, Mike Commodore is a player who played in the NHL for a long time, I actually covered him with the Texas Stars for a little bit. It has been very publicly open about how Mike Babcock treated players in his view and everything like that. And one of the bigger things, obviously two other data points here, um, you go know, on Franzen when, from Detroit, his time in Detroit, I think he's the quote and I'm paraphrasing this because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it's something along the lines of Babcock's one of the worst humans he's ever dealt with. Um, and then Mitch Marner told kind of a similar story of, of basically kind of being embarrassed of being asked to rank how hard players worked on the team. And then Babcock allegedly sharing that with the team. Um, Mike Babcock is an old school coach. Mike Babcock is a, and I'm not defending that. I want to be clear on something. He's an old school coach who's now playing, who is still coaching into an age where your your flaws and what you're doing gets exposed or gets brought out into public. Um I we like one of the things I, I remember if, Like, for example, if Brett Hull was playing today, a lot of the stuff Brett Hull did during his playing days, and Brett Hull has talked about this stuff publicly before, that's why I don't have an issue saying Brett Hull. If Brett Hull was doing the stuff he was did during his playing days and he was playing in today's game, he would be in trouble. He would get in a lot of hot water. But because there was no social media then, there was no... players weren't really having the the, the space to share this stuff and everything like that, it kind of flew under the radar. So. Babcock is an old school coach with an old school mentality who was needed to, I mean, I personally don't understand how he got the Columbus job because um, in my personal view, I think there's so many other qualified candidates who would have been great for that job. So I personally, on a hockey coaching perspective, I don't see why he's the coach in Columbus, but on a, this incident, this is in line with who he is as far as he's been known to ask for players photos before he did it in toronto he did it in detroit um i went to that uh i i once saw mike babcock speak at a coaching clinic actually and he talked about building a rapport with his players by wanting to get to know their families and he brought it up to other coaches of you get to know people's families by sharing photos, by sharing photos of your families and him sharing his own family photos with them. So the the concept of taking uh, Mike Babcock asking for photos off someone's phone that's not new. I, I believe that happened. I truly believe that happened. Um, I think it's also the type of thing Gavin where. A player's level of comfort really depends on how this feels, right? Where if you're your boss, and I'm saying this to the general listener right now, if your boss walks into your office and says, "Hey, can I look at your phone?" What eighty percent of us are probably gonna seize up and like, "No, that's mine. That's like yes. that's my personal space, right?" Yes. Like a couple of us will be like, "A couple of us will be like, yeah, here, sure, go ahead," but most humans, if your boss comes in and say, Hey, let me look through your phone or show me something off your phone. You're like, you're my boss. You're not my husband or wife. You don't get that. Right. Like, so it's, I think it's, it's, it's a space where for players, I can get where it feels uncomfortable because it can feel like an abuse of power because while the coach may claim, well, the coach may claim Hey, if you're not comfortable, don't do it. We all know there's a power dynamic, and saying no is going to be could is is, is so it, there's there's too much external pressure. And you can't say no to it or whatever, right? So it's I I truly believe that this stuff happens. I don't think, and Babcock even said like, hey, that happened. Um, and I I think kind of this showing pictures of guys' families, getting to know guys and everything like that, I think that is part of his approach, and I think that's part of his thing. When it comes to, I don't know, and the part that I've yet to, the part I have a hard time knowing on this is, I don't get, I have a hard time seeing the imagery of somebody taking somebody's phone and, and I mean, on spit and Chickles, they claimed that he airplayed him to his TV or whatever and stuff like that, of all of a sudden him like going through all his the guys' old pictures and seeing what he took pictures of and everything like that. To me, I imagine this, this was more of a, hey, you have a family, you have a wife and kids. I want to know you better. Who is this? That's what this feels like a lot to me. And I'm not trying. I want to be clear on something. Very clear to our listeners on this. I am not defending Mike Babcock. I don't think he should be coaching in the NHL right now. I really don't, but I also think there are spaces where and I also don't think he should be asking for a guy's phone. I really I don't think no um, never I don't think he should be asking asking a guy's phone. If he's talking to a guy, say he's talking to Boone Jenner, who unfortunately got roped into all this, if him and Boone Jenner are talking about family stuff and Boone Jenner says, hey here, let me show you my wife and kids. That's different. So I don't think Babcock should be asking for a guy's phone. All of that being said, where this is where if it would just been presented the way I just presented it on spent chicklets, we could have had a true discourse about this, right? We could have had a true conversation about consent. We could have had a true conversation about what is and isn't appropriate with an employee, with a boss and, um, uh, uh, someone who reports to a boss though I can can't talk right now uh, who and what is what is proper conduct and, and consent and everything like that if it had presented the way we just presented it on Spit and chicklets, we could have had that proper conversation. When spit and chicklets starts adding some narrative of well, he wants to take their phone, he wants to see. The nipple pictures. He wants to see this and that and everything like that. That jumped that that made this jump the shark and took us away from the important conversation. That took us like the important conversation, Gavin, that I want to just lay out real quick is Mike Babcock should not be asking guys for pictures on their phone. That's that's just it's not it's not a fair thing for a coach to do. Correct. He shouldn't be doing that. He, that I think we both
1: agree on that. He shouldn't well, be doing
0: that. If a guy like right well yeah because there's
1: sports and there's real life and i will tell yeah, you in exactly. real life yeah. i'm a boss and i yeah. oversee i don't know 50 to 100 people at any given time and i've never asked for pictures it's yeah you know if and, someone's dating somebody and they tell me about it i said oh wow i look forward to meeting them and i kind of leave it at that or yeah. and, you know i get to know i get to know the people but i don't ask for pictures if they want to show me pictures or if they want to see pictures in my personal life and i feel comfortable happy to do it but i've always taken the tact as a boss and i know sports is different yeah i've always taken the tact of what you think could be appropriate take two steps back and that's the line right there because i've always felt like if if guys are talking in a room you know, you either have to say it's inappropriate or you leave that room, but you have to say, you know, guys, I'm going to leave this conversation now. You know, this isn't, you know, if if something like this is happening, but if it's happening as far as a structure and it's talking about another employee, then I have to stay in that room and I have to address it because that's, you know, my job. And he's in a tough position because You know, he's a coach, but at the same time, he does want to have some bonding. And I'm guessing after what happened to him in several stops and what has been said about him with other players, maybe he's trying to find that bond with the players that he hasn't been able to find in the past. But, you know, I agree with you. When they started joking about it and stuff like that, it kind of changed the narrative. I will say this. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, and
0: I, I, I I think that's important here. Like, full stop. He should not be asking for guys' phones. He should not be asking for pictures on guys' phones. That's that's it. That's Mike Babcock is wrong there. That is a simple thing. Where this goes, where this becomes a media conversation right now, and where in this. Brave new media world. We've talked about it on this podcast before. We've talked about what happens now that the Dallas Morning News, for example, like in the Dallas Stars land, right? There's no full time beat writer for the Morning News. The Athletic does not have a full time Stars beat writer. They've moved the person to the Cowboys. um They have. uh I'm. It's. There's more people doing independent things. There's. I, I'm. I'm. I'm doing the stuff on the Substack space. The pod, podcasts are becoming more and more of a. Media space and everything like that, and one of the things about this stuff that is, and I'm not even going to go with the decorum. I'm just going to talk about the the, kind of the 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 spot of it is. This is one of those things where spit and chiglets, spit and chiglets is so large and and players trusted and everything like that, and it's okay to they're a they like to pretend they are they're a personality um storytelling podcast until they aren't right and then there's times when it becomes oh well this is a news dump or you have this because they get they have players who to text them directly they are they do are well connected i believe that there was an uncomfortable player who texted paul Bissonnette about this and that that's what happened uh from Paul Bissonette's standpoint, though, I think there's a decorum and there's an understanding of you have to present the facts as, as you have them. And he doesn't know. There's no facts that Babcock is scrolling through these photos for, for nude pictures or, or whatever or anything like that. It's It was strong enough to say, hey, he's asking guys for their phones. That's not right strong enough to leave it at that when you start pushing it the other way you start going that way and then when you start doubling down on twitter telling guys to f off and everything like that um it's a tough spot for a lot of people right now because as i mentioned earlier you have one of the main Broadcasters Mm -hmm. now for the NHL One of the national broadcasters for the NHL One of their panelists Quote tweeting the Columbus Blue Jacket statement with Tell Babs to knock off the bullshit Enough with putting guys on the spot in the coaches room Yada 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 basically just And It's Paul Bissonnette got where he is in the world because of who he is And I understand that And everything but this is one of those Spaces where there's a bit of decorum you show about handling something so we can have the proper discussion. This conversation today should just be a simple cut and dry. Like Mike Babcock didn't have to defend asking players to, like the Blue Jackets were just able to put out a, uh, were able to just put out a statement where it's like, oh, this was a gross misrepresentation of it. And it is a gross misrepresentation of it. Mike, the Blue Jackets haven't answered the question about why is he feel right to ask someone for their phone, and he probably never will answer that right. question. But because of how Bissonnette brought it out, it's it it made all that Columbus had to do was react to the extreme as opposed to getting to the real root of the problem. It just it's one of those where sometimes just the measured, the measured f- factual. This is what I know, and this is what I can report allows us to get to the truth or allows us to actually discuss the real problem as opposed to, well, we need to really break down the imagery of Mike Babcock looking through a guy's phone for nipple pictures or something like that. And that's, this is where Mike Babcock is wrong. He was wrong. He shouldn't be asking for a guy's phone. Paul Bissonette in this case is wrong in how he put this out there because he really, he really, sidetracked it and made it about himself when this could have been about Mike Babcock and having a better conversation about consent and and things along those lines, as opposed to turning it into a viral, he said, he said type show. And maybe that's what Bissonette wanted all the time. Maybe that is what he wanted. Maybe he got what he wanted. Well,
1: I think you've done a good job. Like what you haven't done in this conversation, Sean, has gone like old school media person. like talking about spit and chicklets as far as not being a media source because you realize just like I realize I mean spit and chicklets has done a lot to me for the game of hockey you know they've 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 talked about it in a way that relates to the younger generation they do the sandbagger tournament where they have players and you see players in their natural environment not with microphones in front of them and talking trash and they brought language to the table that you know we didn't you know, sometimes no, if we weren't in the hockey circles like Pigeon and Chirpin and, and all those kinds of things. So I think they've done a lot for the game. And I think Paul Bissonnette brings a lot of personality to the TNT uh, broadcast. Uh, I do want to highlight something you said earlier because I think we need to double down on this. And I think Spit and Chicklets would agree. We feel bad for Boone Jenner because yeah, there's a captain yes, of the yes. team. And what could Boone Jenner do? And that's, that's the issue. And Boone Jenner mm-hmm. has to relate to the rest of his team, also has to relate to the opposition. You know, Boone Jenner's been in the league for a while. He's a very respected person, and he had to come out. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't ruin the relationship, if there is one, with spit and chiclets. Hopefully it doesn't in any way hurt his relationship with Columbus, the players in Columbus. So it it's just disappointing and and i i agree with you i think mike babcock has to go over and above on these situations based on his past there have been too many things surrounding mike babcock for him just to move on and i think that's what they're trying to do with that statement yeah
0: and that's and it's it's i don't have an issue with the story being brought to light i don't have an issue with us having a really good conversation like There could be a really good con this could have led to or this could have led to a really good conversation. This could have led to a really good conversation about power dynamics. This could have led to a really good conversation about okay, where other reporters would have been allowed to ask the blue jackets and be like, hey, like have you guys talked to Mike about what this means to take a guy's phone? Does he understand the power dynamic of this? Where the headline is Bissonnette versus Babcock. And that's not what it should be. The headline should be Mike Babcock is doing something that's abusing power that probably 15, 20 years ago would have been widely accepted as not abusing power just because that's how hockey culture was. And now it's and now we're in a better spot where we can have these conversations. Yeah. We lost that main conversation. And we lost that because of how it was delivered media wise. And I think that's kind of part of the responsibility of, of media right now that kind of is really changing where, and it's kind of one of the things that scares me a little bit as we figure out the future of this industry, right? Like I opinion pieces, columns, um, sharing your views on something. It's all great. Like it's, it's good, but we also still need that space of, Hey, this is the facts we have instead of had them now. So we can approach them the right way. And like, I'm never going to like, like, and we joke about a lot about this podcast, Gavin, but I, if all of a sudden we were going to, I don't even want to make anything up, but like, I'm not going to make something up because that's ridiculous. But like, if we were to be like, Oh, well, we know this about the Dallas stars. I'm going to say what I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go add a superfluous colorful detail just because it moves on this conversation. Yeah. And I think that's something that um it changed it changed the narrative. And that's what it's just a kind of this whole thing is a side effect of the media world we're in right now. And at the end of the day, just to get back to the beginning of this, I feel bad for Boone Jenner. I feel bad for any Blue Jackets player because you're going to get asked about this, and there's only one real answer you can give. And I feel bad because we didn't get the instead of and and not and and at the end of the day, Mike Babcock should not be asking for pictures off players' phones. That's correct. personal, that's private. And people are allowed to be personal private keep it away from their employer
1: now we also have to add the nhlpa is going to be involved and they're launching an investigation and they're going to look into this so not saying that any yeah. answers will come of it but we'll see the fact that they're yeah. looking into it means that you know they take this very seriously and i can appreciate that and i can also appreciate the sources that spit and chicklets have Over the years, they're obviously former players and and kudos to them, you know, and they have a lot of players on their side. So, you know, I want them to continue what they're doing because I think it grows the great game of hockey. And I want, you know, other people to continue what they're doing as well. So I I just hope it can be resolved and moved on. And I, I agree with you. There were two things when I didn't agree with the Babcock hire, but it really bugged me that Mike Babcock was hired so quickly out of the gate. When his Toronto deal was up, it was, it was almost like was, those was, parts were in place. And that's what frustrates me. Like you must was, have. Though, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not
0: almost. Yeah, it's it's, it's not like it's not it's not. It's not. I mean, I'm sure that lawyers have the, the lawyers. The lawyers the would attitudes. say no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The lawyers would say no, but we all know it. Like, I mean, I know Babcock gave a talk this summer on like June 27th or something like that. And it was, he was introduced as a NHL coach. And he even said at that time, oh, I'm a Leafs employee right now. Like, wink, wink. Like, I know that happened. I personally know that happened. Mm-hmm. Because on July 1st, he would be no longer a Leafs employee, no longer collecting $5 million per year from Toronto, and free a free agent where he would get the most of his money everywhere. So it's, it's... It happened. It definitely happened. It was all in place before Columbus. It's I know people will be like the lawyers will have crossed their T's and I's and all of that stuff to make sure that legally it was done. Right. But we all know how this works. Everyone tampers. It's just those who get caught are the ones that actually get punished. There's punishments for tampering too far and getting caught. Everyone tampers and everyone does all of that. And like the Babcock one was just a blatant, like, A blatant disregard for the actual spirit of the law of the system so
2: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price, price Priceline it's only a kick
0: a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all, it's only pressure you got this Adidas
1: All right, let's get into this Traverse City because we have do have a lot of questions. Yeah. And thank you guys yeah. for, you know, that, that's a big story in the NHL. So uh, I'm so glad we, you know, addressed it. But moving on, uh, Traverse City starting. Sean's going to cover it. Let's talk about some of the players that you are really going to have a keen eye because I love the story you told when Miro went to Traverse City. You could clearly see this guy yeah. not only has it, but he's way ahead of everyone else on the ice. So what kind of names are you looking for? And as stars fans, when we read your recap, who should we be looking for?
0: Yeah. And I believe that, and I don't have the full details of where and how the stars are doing it, but I do know the, uh, the red wings are streaming their games and they're making the links available to the other three teams to stream their games. So, um, if I get these stars streaming links, I will send them out on Twitter and all that stuff. Um, because you should be able to, you hopefully will be able to watch from home. um, the uh obviously the the stars three best prospects are playing in this tournament and logan Stankov and maverick bork and and liam bixel and um bork is and bork's goal those three are always interesting bixel of those three is probably the most interesting for me coming into this tournament because he's coming over from playing in the swedish league playing in europe uh coming off a broken ankle um Ankles are weird things, so it's going to be interesting to see it the first time in live action. and uh, it's. I'm really interested to see Bixel in action and just see how because he's going to be making his full-time adjustment to North America this year. I think there's going to be a learning curve. He's going to have to adjust and it all really starts in Traverse City. Um, the is going to be interesting too, but it's to me Stankoven the only way Stankoven and Bork to the same degree the only reason that their their tournament would be notable to me at all would be if they struggle because i expect them to be better than their peers i expect them to show up and be better than their peers if they aren't better than their peers that becomes more notable and we have a different we have a different discussion um there's a couple then you kind of look at after that i kind of start focusing more so Honestly, looking a little bit more some of the defensive things. I look at Grishnikov. I look at a Christian Cairo, um, Tristan Bertucci, um, just some guys who, because uh, I, I think defensemen in this tournament, you start to get an idea of how they, uh, how they read the game and the uh, and how they read the game, how they react. I kind of want to see them start moving. Um, Like for example, for example, Bertucci, um, who was the star second round pick this past year. um, He's really got to beef up before he's an NHL option. He's only 18. We'll see him play in this tournament. Then he will go back to Flint, Um, but really good player and kind of one-on-one defending, but always, and hasn't always been the greatest like team defender. I'm interested to kind of see what he does in a team system. Um, Cairo. I really like how he moves the puck. I think there's some exciting things there. So, that's 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 a good one. Um, and then there's like you look and then there's some other ones that are just kind of. You look at it and you're giving them an opportunity to impress you and make a mark. So you're like, hey, I'm going to pay more attention to that guy. Um, the Matthew Seminoff's of the world. Um, I know very little about Angus McDonald uh, or McDonnell, depending on how it's pronounced. Um, he was taken late in this last draft, but I'm like, obviously a guy like that can come in and show us who he is for the first time. Um, if you see an older player, like an Oscar Bach, yeah. who's on this roster or a Matty Blumel. Um, and this also goes for Bork too. They should be the leaders on this team. They should be the best players on this, uh, in this tournament for Dallas. If the older players aren't the best players in this roster, in this tournament, you can start to ask why. And we can start to look at that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Remy Poirier for doubt is the Remy I got my Poirier eye should be. Yep. Yeah. Like he, uh, he has a chance this year to, I'm interested to see kind of his like Remy Poirier is interesting because for the stars um, goalie depth right now, right? Like if they need, if, if Scott Wedgewood was getting to hurt and they needed a goalie to, to back up tomorrow, it would be Matt Murray. But I think, I think in the long run, I think Remy Poirier is a better will be a better goalie than Matt Murray. I don't think he's a better goalie this very second, but in the long run, I think he's better. And so I'm interested to kind of watch that track and that that path kind of go forward too.
1: You know, one of yeah. the other names, yeah. you you just mentioned Semenov, and I just wanted to add, yeah. I'll be interested to see, does the coaching staff, since he was teammates with Stankoven, do they put them together, Sean?
0: See, that's a great question, because it's, you could do it. And you could do it as a as a as a as a philosophy of you want this, you want to build a comfort level for this for this kid coming out of as he goes pro, and maybe they could play together. Maybe I mean I think Semenov will return to Kamloops honestly this year. He's only nineteen, so yeah, he could go back for his. Over but there's a year. great
1: relationship there, and I just there, wonder.
0: And yeah, and and there's a comfort level, yeah. but at
1: the same time, Do you want to make him uncomfortable, these, <laughs> or,
0: or you, do you want do you want to make everyone do you want to make it so you learn everything about the player? Mm -hmm. You don't want, I want to learn more about Matthew Semenov himself, as opposed to the support piece for Logan Stankoven. Right. So I think that's, I think it's a fair question to ask. I also have a feeling that if Logan Stankoven comes out and has a great tournament, the first two games, I don't think he'll play the third game anyway. So there may be a way to do get a little bit of both worlds, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't see him on the roster. Tell me about AirTune martino
0: you're going you're going you're going i'm going I deep i want to make sure i've you're really not going deep i just want to make sure i've got my I always have my uh well okay so i can well there's an easy answer our team martino's still in college that's why it's not okay. there. so so for a quick reminder to everyone okay now now i know why exactly why it didn't pop right away um college prospects are not uh this is if you're a college pro. if you're a prospect who's in college you're not at this tournament because uh only only players from junior and guys who have signed who are are in Traverse City martino i believe is about to play his junior year at clarkson and uh he'll uh he'll be in theory, I guess, and this may even change in the and in the NIL future, Gavin. And I have no idea. This is something, but for right now, playing in this tournament would hurt his uh, eligibility, for NCL Got it. Stuff. Great point. So that's kind okay. Of, that's 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 one of the reasons that this doesn't happen for college players.
1: Okay. So. Okay. So you, when you when you watch this tournament, you just see. Are you looking for confidence on ice, puck control, how they handle themselves? What did you see when you saw Heishkinen that set him apart?
0: The, uh, well, with, with Miro, like, it was everything. It was like watching one guy play hockey and everyone else play something different. Like, it was, that's the... That's How good Miro Hashkin is at hockey, Gavin. Like, I, I, I'm going to talk lovingly for a second. Like, that's okay. Watching Miro Hashkin he- and play hockey is a joy. It is a pleasure, and we should all embrace it. And we should all, you should look at it. You should watch Miro Hashkin and play hockey every shift and feel blessed you picked a team to watch where you get to watch him play every, every shift because he is a joy to watch play hockey. And when you see, when you saw him in Traverse City against players his age, against other 19-year-olds, you're like, this, What? What it was the skating, it was the poise, it was the way the entire game just orbited around him. It was just, it was like, it was the perfect storm of, this guy is different. And that's really what's the best way I can put on him. And, and this video, tournament was kind hit.
1: of, and I know he didn't like, it wasn't a Miro situation, but... You began to see the blossoming as far as chatter regarding Wyatt Johnston. Is that correct?
0: Uh sort of, yeah. Not it wasn't nearly as uh I mean Johnston wasn't as Johnston was good at this tournament last yep. year, let's be clear on that. He was good, but it wasn't the it wasn't the well, Wyatt Johnston is one of the finest nineteen year old players on the planet type moments it wasn't like that um, he was good and then Wyatt Johnston had, had a tremendous rookie year and, and proved he belongs in the NHL but it, in the tournament he didn't have the it wasn't the tournament like what Miro Heiskanen did and Wyatt Johnston will never be as good as Miro Heiskanen. that's not a slight against Wyatt Johnston it's just how good Miro is um, I am interested to see the feeling I get watching this tournament we talked a lot about Columbus at the start of this podcast with the coaching situation but I'm really interested to see what feeling I get watching um, Adam Fantilli in this tournament, the number three pick last year from the draft. Cause Fantilli, I watched him play four or five games in college this past season. And Adam Fantilli in college hockey was head and shoulders better than everyone else. And I'm interested to see if I get that same feeling in this tournament, just to see how it looks because he's someone who could have a bit of that Hishkinen effect that albeit as a center. So, um, I I've seen other players at this tournament who became great players, who were just okay or took steps and maybe needed Traverse City to do that. Like for example, Jason Robertson didn't wow me in Traverse City the first time I saw him. He was he was okay. He was good, but he didn't wow me. But that's also one of those things because Jason Robertson's game, if you remember it and you look at it now. 104 points or whatever it was last season are great. But remember, Gavin, you watch enough stars hockey. Jason Robertson doesn't wow you until he puts the puck in the net. That's the beauty of Jason Robertson's game. So if Jason Robertson isn't scoring, he's not wowing you. And I think this is one of those tournaments where there are certain players who might kind of hide, who who might kind of get lost on the fringes or whatever. Um, The one story I always like to tell about Traverse City, and I'll tell it again right now, is the Matthias Janmark story? Uh, Matthias Janmark was supposed to come, was came over from Sweden, was supposed to play in the Traverse City tournament, and then after the Traverse City tournament was supposed to go back to Sweden. He had literally, actually, it's it's. it's I'll, I'll tell the second part of the story next. But he, uh, so he was supposed to go straight from Traverse City to fly back to Sweden. Matthias Janmark looked so comfortable, so confident in Traverse City that, that Dallas said, "You know what? Let's give this kid a try in actual training camp." He earned that job. He stayed in the NHL, became a fixture in Dallas for a couple of years, even with the one year away because of the, uh, with with the degenerative knee injury and like, Yenmark and his, in his team and a bunch of his friends back in Sweden had actually had a fantasy hockey league that they had actually drafted already. And like, so he was actually all of a sudden, like he was the first, <laughs> the story goes, Matias had a, uh, he was, he was kind of scared to. He was he he was he was he wasn't willing to pick himself up on waivers in his own fantasy hockey league because he thought he was going to have to go back to Sweden during training camp. Wow. So, uh, but Matthias Yemark is an example of how Traverse City can be a building block for a player on the cusp of something to get that extended look over the next two and a half weeks in training camp, and that's the big thing I think that would be my. It's like if I was a coach, if I was coaching prospects in this Traverse City tournament that would be my message of you're not going to win an nhl job today so don't go try don't go try and kill anyone don't do anything crazy but if you play your game you can change what the next step is if you're um maverick bork right by playing a certain level in traverse city you can start to make jim nil think a little bit harder about maybe maybe finding a spot to give you, maybe uh, putting you in a spot where maybe you actually have a legit chance to win a training camp roster. If you're... um, William Bixel, like, you have this opportunity here where maybe... You're not going to make the NHL roster in opening night, let's be clear on that, but, like, maybe Gavin Beiruther won't be that first call-up in November because maybe we have something in this kid. And if we put some more trust in them over here and here, it's, it's a lot of building future opportunity. And there's a lot of seeds of things that start in Traverse city. Um The other thing from Traverse city, just to be clear on is just throw out all Goldie performances because like, I've seen Jake Ottinger struggle. Yeah. I saw Colton point. Do, I saw Landon bow dominate that tournament so it's 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 too small of a sample size it's too chaotic do not do not put too much into goalie evaluation from this tournament those are kind of my uh get me back on track that's your job Give me no back on track. i know it is it is I, I you know i'm enjoying this because i was actually just thinking
1: like what style are we expecting and it sounds to me like it's a continuation of the juniors where it's yeah. like sure there is some hitting and everything but there's a lot more open ice than let's say you know uh in texas where the ice titans in the age. Yeah. Oh know, yeah. You don't have it, as much movement.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it will be the, the first period of the first game is going to be just chaos. Okay. It is, it will be chaos. It will be, it'll be kids. It'll be play 19, 19 to 22 year old players running around at a thousand miles a minute. Cause it's their first game since April or May and they're looking to improve to impress scouts and management right in front of them the first game they will the first game of the first period they will be flying at an unsustainable pace it will be chaotic it will be messy it will be great but it is unsustainable yeah. so, um, <laughs> but then that, then that, that it will even out a little bit we'll start to see a little bit more calm built into it and everything um this to me is kind of this it feels a little bit more, A good, I think a good comparison is it becomes almost more of like an ECHL game with some higher-end talent sprinkled in that would never play in the ECHL. That's what it feels a lot Okay, like. I think that's a good way to look at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the the guy I really focused on is Maverick Bork because I think yeah. with Stankoven, it, it's just... The name just isn't mentioned as much as far as, like, I know he's among the top prospects in the Stars organization. I just really like that second half he had in Texas. And um, I think there's going to be a comfort level this year going into the AHL, and uh, I'm expecting big things. I'm expecting him to be in Texas, but I, my goal for this tournament, like you said, and in training camp, I want the Stars to say, wow, he's on the cusp, or... He's really fighting for a roster spot. That That's, that's what I'm hoping and for. If,
0: and if he does that, I know there may not be the spot in camp right away. I think one of the things that Jim Nil unfairly gets criticized for is blocking younger players too much. I think sometimes, like, okay, we've talked about the Ryan Suter deal. Yes, that's bad, right? That's bad. That blocked younger players. But Nil has done, has been willing to if a guy has won his spot or a guy has proven to him that he needs to make a change to a plan, Nil has gone and made the corresponding move. He's been willing to do that. And I think that's something that, um, it is not a blanket. There's no way he's in the NHL this year. It's just the bar for him to clear to be in the NHL is very high. Um, and if he, if he earns that, it's going to be great. Yeah. Because, the kids, the kids got a lot of talent. So, well,
1: and I think this needs, and we really haven't talked about it this off season. We've definitely mentioned the name. This needs to be a a, a bounce back season for Mason Marchment. When we talk about blocking, you know, Mason Marchment, to me, toward the end of last year, Sean, this, you know, the salary probably kept him up on a line, but I think Mason Marchment was a fourth line player or a third line player. I, I just wasn't seeing what I'd like to, and uh, you know, I'm hoping well, this year he can, you know, be better because that you know i don't want to say it's a rich contract but it's a solid contract where i think the player needs to be performing better because that's where jim nil i think has to go in the future to alleviate some cap space is these younger prospects come in and that is where you get that cap space where you can get those pieces
0: it is but gavin it was a rich contract it was a what it was it was dallas it was it was Dallas.
1: It was Dallas, Nashville, and someone no, else. No, 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 no.
0: Yeah, no, but yeah, but no, but with with the Marchment deal, it's it was Dallas and other teams trying to, in their mind, justify that Mason Marchment of the 21-22 season with Florida that won the President's Trophy. That's who he is. To me, and this is going to sound very rough for Stars fans, but it's true. To me. That twenty six year old season is the outlier. Mason Marchman's twenty six year old season, forty seven points, fifty four games. Yeah, that's the outlier. He didn't make the NHL. Really, he didn't make the NHL. He didn't play his first NHL game until he was twenty four. He was only a he only at ten points in thirty three games as a twenty five year old. He get thirty one. Like, kind of is who he is. Uh, like, and on top of just, that,
1: that was one of the great offensive years from that Florida Panthers team.
0: Yeah. So I I. Mason Marchment is a depth player and the stars and other teams after him were hoping that, you know what, this was the turn and they made a bet and made a bet on it. And it's, I, I think they made a bad bet on it. It's just Mason Marchment is a depth player. He's not really a goal scorer. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the, maybe of the, of Mason Marchment's eight, uh eight year professional career maybe the one year he was a goal scorer or the one year he was nearly a point per game scorer in a COVID year, maybe that's the norm or maybe the other seven years are the norm. And that's more likely in my mind. He's not, he's 27. He'll be 28 this season. Yeah. Um, like just sometimes you, but sometimes you, you have to make bets and go after it. Um, it's just like players are who they are a lot of times. Um, I've got something coming tomorrow. If you're, if I got something tomorrow coming over at shaft shots where I went and I looked at the, uh, um, or I went and looked at Matt Duchesne's work from Nashville and the past season and everything like that. And, uh, I don't want to pull up the exact thing here, but like everyone will look at, at Duchesne's at Duchesne's kind of season from two years ago. He had 43 year 43 goals for, set, set a Nashville record and and everything like that. But and and everyone's like, oh well, maybe star stars got a guy who's two years removed from a 43 goal season. I don't think Matt Duchesne's gonna be a 30 goal scorer ever again in his career. Matt Duchesne during that 40 goal season shot 18 point had an 18.9% shooting percentage. That's a ridiculous shooting percentage, 18.9%. For his career, he's shooting 13.1% for his career, right? For his career, and on average, I'm about to do some math on this podcast. On average, he shoots, he averages 2.45 shots per game. So, and yeah. Duchesne has never Duchesne has never played more, has never played 80, has only played 82 games once in his career. He is not the most durable player. Um, so if we assume he's gonna play. 75 games this season, and he's going to average 2.45 shots per game. That's 184 shots in a season, and he scores on 13% of them. That's 23.88 goals. He had 22 with Nashville last year. Yeah, shot 13.1%. That's who he is. Matt Duchene is a 20 goal scorer who shoots 13%. Do I want to pay eight million for that player? No. That's why Nashville bought him out. Do I want to pay three million? Heck yes. So that's why Matt Duchesne will be a success in, in Dallas this season with the exact same production he had in Nashville last year. That's we should, why he's we should a beast. Really
1: like a, that's why he's a beast, that? folks. That's why he's a beast. Yeah. I'm, I'm repping we you, should,
0: man. We should really do a, like, Gavin, we should really do, like, before camp, we should do just a full fair expectation episode. Just go through the roster and Love like, it. what is fair ex- We should do that. We should do that. We should Sounds put great. that into our, uh, Next into week. our collective brains for, a, a, a what's but, but like, like I'm saying that right now on, on Dushane, like, I think it's a wonderful deal for Dallas. It's a great ad $3 million for 20 goal score. That's great. He's going to be the stars fifth or sixth leading goal scorer this year. um That's great at $3 million, but do not expect him to be a 40 goal scorer because then you'll run into the trap that Nashville ran into of thinking he's an $8 million mm-hmm. player and all that
1: stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also do love his face off percentage win. Yeah. I think he's oh, really that's good. good
0: in no, that, 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 that That adds a lot too. but yeah. it's the, it's the, when you add a goal scorer, right? That's the like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he's a goal scorer. Like, I mean, he is a goal scorer, yeah. but he's not a, it's not like he added another Jason Roberts.
1: Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. All right.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Ken Jr. asks, who are your initial call-ups in the event of an injury? Uh, Left, right, center, and defense. Whew. I guess, I guess we have to see who's playing well in Texas. Uh, I I would Uh, say, uh, you know, right now, defense, I, I would say if you're going to call someone up as of right now, like right now, your first call up would probably be Gavin Beirut. Yeah.
0: That's, that's what Gavin Beirut was signed to do. He will will be the first call up. Um, The, I mean, from the, we talked, we just talked all about Trevor city, right? Like, Maverick Bork and Logan Stankhoven will have a chance starting this week to start proving they should be the first guy called up but um guys like Nick Com- I mean people forget Nick Kamano's still in the system mm-hmm. right Nick Camano's going Nick Camano's 25 is trusted by coaches um same thing with Frederick Carlstrom's down there like yeah. those are kind of the guys who have coaches trust yep. and can be plugged in for to play eight minutes. Yep. If an injury calls, so yeah, great that's call. Probably yeah. your first. So,
1: yeah, he played real well. Calls from did last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go to Eurocrawl. Who says? Say the stars would be for sale. Reasons be damned. How much would Tommy G get in your estimation? Well, to do that, we need to look at the Ottawa sale and see what that was, and then from there we can calculate. But it would be a lot more than Ottawa.
0: Yeah, well I mean Ottawa sold for it was the uh because the stars I believe our most recent valuation was hold on, I want to pull this up on Forbes. Like so Forbes had the stars as of uh
1: one billion for Ottawa, by the way.
0: Yeah, it was the sale for Ottawa. Yeah. The, the stars were at valuation in November of 2022. I believe Forbes does their valuations in twenty in November each year was 915 million and so I want to real quick I want to uh a quick clarifier to everyone because I've talked to people who have bought and sold hockey teams before um the valuations that you see are not actual sale prices because these things aren't houses like there's not um it's there's only 32 of them in the world it's 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 such it's a it's it's like buying buying hockey teams is more like buying, are buying the Mona Lisa, like if, if you hypothetically, right, it's if you wanted to compare if buying the it's more buying the buying the Mona Lisa is more similar to buying a hockey team than buying a house. Is. So don't think about buying a hockey team like buying a house, because if you don't get as, as much as if you, if you're buying a house. Well, there's going to be another house for sale. There's going to be another one. There's not going to be another one. There's only so many pieces of priceless art in the world. There's only 32 NHL teams. So these valuations that are out there, everything like that are more so just kind of rough eyeball things of like what they are like, like, for example, if we were to do to kind of give people the, the NFL equivalent in Dallas. And I I just, just because I I think it's the best way to to do it right now. And I, I don't like comparing everything to, the NFL, but this is just a good, I think, way to do it. So like the Cowboys are the m- most valuable team in the world or the most valuable team in the NFL at $9 billion. Right, Gavin? Yep. If Jerry tomorrow came and said, I'm going to sell the Cowboys. And if this happens on the, if this happens on your station tomorrow, I want to come on by the way, because I, <laughs> but the, uh, if, if Jerry's, if Jerry was to go and say, I'm going to sell the Cowboys, he's getting triple that. He's not getting 9 billion. Yes. He's getting way more than 9 billion. So NHL team valuations is probably not the 3X of there. Like the stars valued at 915, 920 million right now. Um it's probably close to the 2x. So I would imagine the stars with the market they're in, with sports gambling becoming legalized here sooner than later. Um Texas uh the, the Texas um legislature meeting every two years because people were scared to travel as Cowboys comes back into play here, which is hilarious. Um, the, at some point though, it will be sports betting will be fully legal in Texas. Yep. Um, if Tom Gillardy was to put the Cow, the, the Dallas stars up for sale tomorrow, 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7 billion yeah. probably. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's kind of, that's my, that's my back of napkin math right now.
1: So. Yeah. And, and the reality is you said that there aren't many sports teams for sale and sports is a hot investment right now. Yeah. So it's, it's the thing to do, and a lot of celebrities want to be involved, and uh, a lot of people are making a lot of money off of sports So because the evaluations yeah. just keep going up and going up at a high pace compared to other investments. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's go to Coach Kitchen, who says, let's look into the crystal ball, the next decade of Stars hockey. When is their window strongest? Is it now or are we still a few years from being even more powerful? What's great about a few years is then you're looking at your Borks, your Stankovans, your Wyatt Johnstons, still a Robertsons, Heishkin, and You got a lot of young players I'm mentioning. So hopefully the window has been extended due to the stars' recent success as far as prospects that have made it into the majors. However, I will say my opinion is it's now because Velsky won't be around. You know, you're, you still have. Jamie Ben coming off a real good season. You have Tyler Sagan before those guys move on. I think the window is really strong right now.
0: Well, I, I think the stars are one of the few teams that's positioned to win a cup right now and to be a contender five years from now. A lot of the teams are, are not can't check both those boxes. Um, now I will always go with right now. There's the certainty of now, um, Logan, Stan, Maverick, Bork, and Bixwell, all three could be busts. Just like, it's just, its yeah. you don't you don't know that. You don't know that. I mean, remember when at one point we were like, oh man, look what's coming. Julius Honka, Jack Campbell. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. <laughs> so just like, I'm, I'm telling you, like it's, it's, it's the, it's the, they're all, the future's always fun and exciting, but you have a certainty right now where going into this season, the Stars should be one of the top one of should be one of the four teams in my view with the best chance of winning the western conference which means then you're you have a chance of winning the stanley cup and there's the certainty of right now and um the stars can win the stanley cup right now if the answer to your question is like if you were to go through the list of all 32 teams and the answer was yes no can this team win the stanley cup right now if the answer is yes right now The answer is then this is the team that you're, it's, it's now versus the future.
1: Yep. Uh, I agree. No,
0: it's, it's, it's now. Yep. It is now. And that's, it's not, that's not knocking the future. It's just, I don't like, are you going to, where are you going to find, where are you going to find the, we don't like, for example, we don't know what, who's going to be replaced Joe Podelski someday. Right. Like at some point, father time, will get Joe Podelski. Yeah. Like things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sam Green, all right, I've accepted who we have for defense, but if this is what we're stuck with, how can we maximize what we have? I understand we need nils to play well and Harley continue, but lineups, non young guys, anything else? No, I think you're stuck with what you have right now. And I think if we see anything, we will see some moves at the trade deadline. And I think whether it's a call up like we saw with Harley last year and his quick development. So I would say this keep your eye on Texas. And keep your eye on that decor in Texas, as well as keep your eye on the development of Nils. Keep your eye on the development of Harley. And regular season and playoffs, Sean, I look at two different factors. You know, I I might be old school, but I think it tightens up in the playoffs. I think it becomes a lot more physical. I, I think that's where we saw some flaws in the Stars' defense. And I look at the Stanley Cup winners. I look at Vegas got tougher. Colorado got tougher on their blue line. So I would like to see them get a little bit more toughness. Um, but at the same time, I think we are what we are right now.
0: Yeah, I um I would like to see I, I have a I would like to see just the experiment, just to see what it does. I would love to see from opening night, I would love to see a four a four or five combo as your top pairing. I would love to see a Miro Hishkin and Nils Lundqvist pairing to start. And I, and I realize, I know, I know, if you, you're throwing your phones down. Nils Lundqvist was scratched in the playoffs. He hasn't earned it. Whatever. Okay. I would. I just. I want to see the experiment play out. I want to see Miro on his strong side. Not that, and Miro is the best player, no matter what side he plays on. But you might as well get him on his strong side, so he's even stronger. And playing with Nils Lundqvist let Miro skates well enough to cover and everything like that, and let that pair form its own identity. If it doesn't work, scrap it. But I would love to see that from the start because that allows me two things. A, it allows me to create a pairing I can build for kind of long-term. Lundquist is 23, Miro's 24. I can count on them for a long time. And it also allows Thomas Harley to be the the lead dog on his own pairing on the left side it allows him to so every single shift so for 45 minutes a night i i think one of the one of the strengths of this stars team gavin is one of the strengths of this stars team and it'll probably it may be the strength on opening night it may be the strength on december 15th depending on how thomas harley starts the season one of the strengths is 45 minutes a night you're facing either thomas harley or Miro heishkin that is one of the strengths of the stars team and I think uh so you talk about this is the group you've got and everything like that. I think you've got to see if you can try to add if, a little bit of the physicality, maybe this is where where I, you play hokey paw with with Harley or um I I just think you've got a couple pieces that you can't put together right now because they slog the game down too much. Uh, David Castillo wrote a no nice piece the other day about Esselin Dell and Yanni ha- Yanni I, Like, I, I don't think they can play together anymore. Like they can they can they can kill penalties together, but I don't think they should be other than late game defensive situations. You're trying to get a clear or something like that. Like I don't think Lindell and Hakimba should be on the ice together anymore. So you got to keep them separated. Um, I don't. I personally would. I don't mind one of them. I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind one of them with Suter if it's the third pair, but you run into a little bit of the the Ryan Suter minute demand, yeah. which is always going to be an interesting thing to play with. I mean, I think if Ryan really Suter the was the thing. third pairing, I
1: don't think people would complain as much.
0: hundred percent, Gavin. Honestly, if he was playing 14, 15 minutes night. <laughs> really <that's it>. good. <laughs> yeah, be fine. So yeah. I, if that's kind of the thing. It's yeah. That's gonna be one of the big things like
1: Yeah. All right. Uh our friend Fuzzy says, Hey, I just want to share a frosty with you, Amigo. Super cool. I didn't write a book called We Win Here, um, but, you know, I could tell some stories. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, maybe we'll grab a Frosty with uh, Sean at some point. Blackout Dallas says, who would some of the other prospects that fans need to pay attention to during the prospect tournament other than Stankoven and Bork? We did touch on that, but I definitely yeah. wanted to shout you out uh, for the tweet. Thank you so much, Blackout Dallas. Uh, John Knight Says who coaches the prospects in Traverse City? Regardless, do coaches from the NHL and AHL or other leagues make the trip? Good question.
0: It is the uh, Texas Stars coaching staff is coaching it, and um, the whether a coach is whether an NHL coach is there is really dependent on geography and who's there. Um, for example, we talked about the time. Miro played in Traverse City. Jim I was Jim Montgomery's first season as coach. Jim Montgomery came up to Traverse City to watch Miro Heshkinen because he wanted to build a better relationship with Miro Heshkinen. I typically don't see the stars head coach in Traverse City. Even last year, like even like the stars head coach typically does not come up to Traverse City. There's got to be a player really worth his time and investment. Now, the other teams it's a little bit different. Detroit's head coach will be there cuz it's 3 hours from Detroit. Um Toronto tends to Toronto, uh Sheldon Keefe may be there because it's a little bit closer, but um so it's uh but it's coached by uh, Neil Graham, the Texas Stars head coach, will be coaching the prospecting.
1: There you go. Uh let's see. Jason Rosenbaum writes, What happened to all the post game free tacos and whatnot sponsorships for a goal in the second period or whatever reason? They still do the Dr. Pepper section, but I did I did dig the tacos because they did a real good job of it's raining tacos and everything like that. So just to to pull back the curtain, a lot of times when companies come in, they say, hey, we want to be unique, we want to be different. So I'm sure if the stars, if a new company comes in and wants to sponsor the stars and they have beverages or something like tacos, I'm sure that promotion will be brought back. So it really has to do with the sponsorship level as far as, you know, looking to create something, uh, unique. So you might see something different this year, but I it was cool because I think, you know, the fans got into it. I also used to like the, uh, the little blimp balloon, Sean, that mm-hmm. used to drop those, uh, like little gift certificates through, you know, in between periods. Yeah. Uh, I I, yeah. I, I did, I did enjoy that. I'm always fascinated by the people diving for a free t-shirt. I will buy those people a t-shirt to save them some injury. That's always fascinating. Mm. And if you're at a stars game this year, folks, and a puck comes to you and you are 16 or over, please hand it to the kid in your section. Uh,
0: Unless you, unless the one caveat. Okay. uh, The one caveat is if like, if you make like a ridiculous, if you make like a highlight reel catch that gets, that's getting you on sports center, that's fine. Like, I think like, like if, if a puck is like shot into the stands and you're, uh, and you're, and, and you've got two beers in your hand and you like catch it with your mouth or something like that. Keep that puck. All like right. If you do something, that, if you do something that's truly impressive, keep it. But yeah. 99.99999% of all those are not impressive. It's a little puck shot over the glass that yeah. landed at your feet. Give it to a guy. Yeah.
1: I've had one and uh, I had a guy try to wrestle it away. And I just said no. And I just grabbed the puck and there was a, a. Uh, Small girl in the section, and uh, I gave it to her. My story, though, when I was in college was, and I'll never forget it, was the Red Sox against the Toronto Blue Jays. The third baseman, Kelly Gruber, was fouling him off in our section, and a fly ball came our way, and I brought to the game the starting center fielder for the collegiate baseball team, and he was, like, waving people off, like, <laughs> like people weren't going to try to get the ball anyway. Anyway, it tips off, his fingertips Sean at the same time some guy hits me from behind so I go down to my knees and I see this ball trickle down into the nacho plate that I had in the third inning so oh. I <laughs> grab the entire nacho plate as people are wrestling with me and I have it against my chest I stand up the nacho plate is attached to my sweater <laughs> and I will peel it off to which unveils the Kelly Gruber foul ball. I have no victory idea what well happened learned. to that foul ball. A yeah. victory well, well earned. <laughs> yeah. Ruin the sweatshirt. Sweatshirt, $50 out. But, man, yeah. that foul ball. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But those are, you know, I love those kinds yeah. of memories that, you know, many people yeah. have. All right. Uh, yeah. Howe, who is a great supporter of Spits and Suds like you all are, asks, if you could bring back one former star great, and put him on this team who would it be and why i would say hatcher my selection sean is sergey Zubov. what's yours
0: well it's the uh we're talking about in their prime like picking a player in their in in their prime yeah i mean yeah it's Zubov. that's the if i could run if i could run a miro Zubov first pairing i'd have best defense in the nhl so. yeah i so <laughs> yes i, I mean I madonna will be I, a good I,
1: selection as well but i you know with the defensive what we've talked about sergey Zubov would certainly solve a lot of those problems
0: yeah well i mean and the, the only other like it's it, yeah it's yeah that, that's kind of the way i would go on this so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah anti-mietnin for shootouts is that what was the name that we came up with a couple of weeks ago, that that guy that just... No, it was, uh, was Yussi Okunen. Yussi Okunen, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's right. That's right. Anti Miettinen was on the same
0: team. anti is a pull, but he wasn't a <laughs> shootout
1: expert. So. All right, Sean. Follow Sean Shapiro, at Sean Shapiro, and follow EP Ringside. Follow Shap Shots. He's going to keep you up to date on what's happening with your stars in the Traverse City Tournament. He'll also throw out some other names that are you know, around the league uh, prospects that are doing well. The name of the book support Sean is we win here. You can also support him. He has it on Twitter through his sub stack and it's just a small fee, but you get exclusive information from Sean Shapiro. You're a beast, my friend appreciate you answering all those questions and appreciate you doing the podcast as always.
0: It's always fun, man. It's always fun. And, uh, to watch some real hockey tomorrow
1: so let's do it yeah enjoy traverse city my friend that's going to do it for spits and suds thanks to each and every one of you that support this program don't forget please tell a friend we're heading into the season we're looking for new people to listen to spits and suds we want to remain the number one podcast here in dfw for hockey for your dallas stars so please tell a friend hey these guys are grinding these guys are working hard we can't wait for the season to start so that's going to do it for spits and suds i'm gavin spittle have a great day everybody